0: I woke up feeling different. Different about myself, about Split Oak, about this job. Thankful isn't quite the right word. Relieved, maybe. Relief that, no, I might not be adjusting perfectly, but I haven't lost it. I'm not going to turn out like Ned or Kilgore because I'm not like them. I can actually recognize what's going on here. And the first step towards solving any problem is acknowledging there is one, right? Ned and Kilgore can't see what this place is doing to them, to all of us, but I can now. Now I know that everything that's happened has happened for a reason. All that's missing in this puzzle is the Jesse piece. And once I have that, the darkness that I've been clawing through, well, I hope it'll brighten up. I'm trying to stay open to the fact that I could be wrong because I don't want to cling to fantasies like Ned and Kilgore have. It's not worth trading your thoughts in for white noise just to make sure you feel better in the short term. I need to be clear, wide open. A sharp mind is the only thing that'll lead me to Jessie. Today, I'll be focused. All of my energy, time, and resources are going towards finding her. Screw the work orders. Screw everything that doesn't fit squarely into this mission. Episode 7, White Noise. Ollie? Holy shit, is, is that you? Good to see you, buddy. Hot oh, damn, it's been a while. Come, come in, come in, sit down, sit down. Let's get you situated. Shit, oh, one second. Ollie Winters is moving into Split Oak. I can't tell you how happy I am to see a friendly face. If I was up this morning, well, I'm on cloud nine now. And that's why I'm not going to type up a report today. I'm just going to record the day on my phone in case something pops up. Is that all right? Okay, uh, here we go. There's nothing like an old friend to realign you. We walked together to his apartment, 2M, far, far end of the complex. It took us a lot longer to reach it than I expected. Like, the parking lot kept expanding as we trekked. The movers followed behind, trailing us in their big white logoless truck. Ollie was just the same as the last time I'd seen him, greasy as hell, but handsome and hilarious. He's the type of guy with a mysterious charisma, you know? Like, you wouldn't think he'd be fun to have a beer with because he looks like a villain in an action movie, but he makes you feel right at home, like you're the only person in the room. He and Vivian have that in common, actually. One look at you and the room disappears. You talk for hours, and realize everyone else has left the party. Vivian, would it surprise you, didn't like Ollie. She told me she felt cornered when he approached her, even in public. I remember one time she told me that she felt like she had to escape him at the grocery store because he wouldn't stop talking. Escape is such a strong word. I mean, Ollie's an intense guy, sure, but he's never made me feel like I had to run the hell off. Then again, I guess I never asked Vivian what she meant by that. Maybe I should have. Investigators ask more questions. It's how they get to the best information. If I knew then what I know now, I would have. When we finally reached 2M, Ollie stopped and dry-washed his face with a hand, dragging his tan skin downwards in a way that made him look a bit like a screen mask. What's the matter? I asked as he looked at me sideways, like I told him to eat shit.
1: I used to have a house, and I'm nuts. You know, acres with trees and dogs. Grill and a pool.
0: There's a pool here. I'll show you.
1: It's not the same. It's not mine. Sherry's going to die laughing when she sees where I ended up. God damn it, I can't believe I have to live in this shithole.
0: Ollie caught my expression and frowned. I think he could tell all the insults were starting to grate on me. Who was, by the way, now his super. The guy who could sweeten or sour his experience here. In life outside Split Oak, Ollie was the one with the good job. The doting wife, the big house, and now he was just a tenant. He didn't own shit. Hey, look, it's, it's not as bad as it looks, okay? Believe me. We're making a ton of improvements, too. We're adding a few cabanas to the pool. We're repaving the parking lot and building a playground for the kids. Just wait, okay? It's going to be fresh. Ollie sighed. This was the first time I'd seen him look so down. Like he wasn't the king of the world. And I kind of liked it. Sherry will come around, okay, buddy? It, It's going to be okay.
1: She got into a tizzy about some emails I sent to, um... She's a friend, a lady I work with. It was perfectly harmless shit, just friendly banter, but Sherry kicked me out anyways, and there's no way she's gonna take me back.
0: Maybe it's not up to her to let you. You know? I told him with a swift pat on the back. I'm not sure why I said it. Sherry was the meekest woman I'd ever met, a lady who could be startled by her own shadow. If Ollie had upset her... Something had gone sideways. Either way, it felt good giving Ollie advice for a change. It seemed to comfort him. It buoyed me, too. It was my job to fix things, after all.
1: Maybe you're right. I'll have to see about that. Say, why are you bothering to build a playground anyways? It seems like a waste of money considering there's no families living here.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got that right. But the big boss here is always asking for weird shit, and I kind of have to go along with it. The long and winding road finally brought us to building 2, which I thought I'd been to before, but arriving didn't seem familiar. There was a gnarly old oak tree by the side of the building that looked like it had been through a world war. How had I not seen this before? Ollie must have caught me gazing because he swatted my shoulder.
1: Let's get it going, man.
0: We got to the apartment, and I gave the grand tour. Here's your uh, living room, your kitchen area, bedroom, Wi-Fi hookup. Don't worry about that plaster crack in the ceiling. I'll get to it. And that loose board on the porch. I'll get to that, too. If you run into any trouble, you know how to find me. All used to get a kick out of me taking charge or showing a bit of spine, as he'd put it. He thought I was hen-pecked at home. We'd laugh about that kind of stuff. About Vivian, about Sherry, about women, really. And the man and the people around us and their shit. Who got it and who didn't and why they never worked.
1: How about I make myself at home as best I can and we catch up later over a beer. Don't think I didn't bring stuff for the fridge on day one.
0: (laughs) I laughed. Prepared as always. Kicking over old times over some watered down brew just could be the ticket.
1: By the way, what did you do to that hand?
0: He flicked it, and I winced. <sighs> Suddenly remembering the bandage, he wondered if I had done it just to get out of helping him lug his shit inside. My hand was turning a bit purple around the edges. I wasn't going to tell him that I beat up a bewitched deposit box, but I couldn't remember what i told other tenants, so I just mumbled something about a guy I disagreed with at a bar. <laughs> Ollie's eyes lit up.
1: Damn, got here a couple days too late. Last time I saw you take a swing at a guy was in college. It is something, isn't it? Yeah, it does give me a little more hope for this place. Funny how the universe throws me on my ass and lands right in your lap. You're welcome,
0: I said. He laughed, then he patted and swatted my back again. And I turned around and left the movers to their duties, but not before promising Ollie I'd come back later. As I made my way back to the office, I found myself whistling a tune I'd heard coming out of Kilgore's apartment window. Kilgore. Lord Finch Crusher Esquire strikes again. I hadn't been gone for half an hour and I came back to my office with a stack of work orders that had been slipped through the slot in the door. And right on top I can see the word Kilgore in big loopy scrawl. I picked up and I read the order. He'd put something in for a strange sound that was coming from his AC registers. Something musical and distant, it said. It's not this again. Not when things were looking up. Not when an old friend pops in and I'm feeling some kind of muscle again. Last thing I need is to walk into the den of madness and end up accidentally throwing Bendix off the porch tossed the work order into my desk and I sat down and thought about the snacks I should have probably picked up to bring to Ollie's later that night. <sighs> Maybe I'll grab some dip. Yeah, dip. Dip sounded really good. Raining again. And the smell of it came through Ollie's screen doors. We sat on top of unpacked boxes in a maze of other unpacked boxes. Ali cracked open another beer and finally stopped laughing from the last subject at hand, which was our former boss, Earl. He had considered himself somewhat of a ladies man, but the ladies did not.
1: Why the hell did he ever think an orange plaid blazer would turn anybody on? He was a sweet guy, but god damn gets some sense.
0: <laughs> Maybe no one ever told him how bad it looked? I offered to Ali's amusement. He laughed again, his mouth open wide, his tongue white from the alcohol.
1: Doubt he would have listened to us anyway. Why don't they listen?
0: You mean Earl? He was the boss of us. It was supposed to be the other way around.
1: No, I mean Sherry. Vivian. Them. Ah, our better halves. Yeah, why is it always? Even if he hasn't cheated, he's probably gonna or probably wants to. So, be his ass out before he can explain. Save yourself some heartache.
0: Viv and I had a few knockdown dragouts about things I've never said and stuff I never did. It was a regular thing. I never got why something that never happened was so important. She was so sure she knew what was in my head.
1: But that's how it is, right? They act like they know you so good, and then they act like they don't know you at all. It's like Sherry kept going over these emails, breaking down word for word and all the different implications of what each one could mean. I was like, you know this is how I am. I'm fun, I'm flirty, I try to make people laugh. Maybe more so ladies than men, which I admit. And yes, Becky at work is gorgeous, and maybe I kinda like the attention, but as long as everyone behaves. He took another long swig. When the can left his mouth, he stared at it hard crunching the aluminum between his hands as he considered his words. Sherry and I, we were already arguing about money a lot, and it hadn't felt the same for a while, and Becky becky was smart and hilarious and beautiful and there was a spark. I thought, what if we'd met a day before Sherry and I did? Magical thinking.
0: That woulda, coulda, shoulda stuff. I was like that with Vivian. But that stuff just gets you to an impossible place. There's the broken past and the hopeful future... And the more you, you obsess over it, the more it becomes a certain future. And you're convinced you're just the sucker who made the wrong choice all along. Earl was kind of like that too, wasn't he? He was convinced he'd always be alone, and then he wore those clown suits. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy.
1: Yeah, sure, but isn't that life? Isn't getting to know yourself and exploring, seeing where it all takes you, the whole point? Thing. If you have serious doubts, isn't that the universe telling you to take a detour? But, okay, but isn't there a point where you need to live with the choices you've made?
0: Just stop and live in them. Be content that you've got what you need right in
1: front of you. But what if that detour has stunning blue eyes and a dynamite ass and goes to Def Leppard reunion concerts with you enthusiastically? I don't know, man. I'm just saying that... Maybe we shouldn't be looking so hard for
0: 72 and sunny every day of the year. Maybe the sky was clear
1: and blue at home all the time. If home was right there all along, why would Sherry blow it all up and kick me out? Now I'm here on the outskirts of nothing. I I should turn in. I got some paperwork I need to finish. Work? Man, the night is still young. I have more stuff to catch you up on.
0: Another day? I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of each other. The first thing I noticed when I got back was another piece of paper on the floor with the work orders. At first I thought maybe Kilgore had slipped in another zany request, but then I saw that it was one of those while you were out slips. See Kilgore first thing tomorrow. Mustache. Well, he's definitely watching me. I mean, I knew that, of course I knew that, but now I really know it. It seems like he checks in daily, maybe hourly. In the old-fashioned way about this note it almost looked like a telegram. And now he knows I call him Mustache. He even put quotes around it. It's cute. At least he's got a sense of humor about it. So he really wants me to see Kilgore. I guess this is what they're paying me for. So I I duty calls. Or maybe there's a piece of the Jesse puzzle there. Shit. I hadn't even thought of Jesse all day, and that was supposed to be my renewed sense of purpose. But in blue Ollie from the mists of time. Split Oak is a lot of things, but I didn't expect it to be a trip down memory lane from the other side of the street. I looked at my still bandaged hand and hoped Ollie didn't spread it around that I got into a brawl with a local troublemaker. I also looked at the crisp, neatly typed memo from Mustache, which I'd put next to Kilgore's work order. Whatever happened after the sun came up, it was going to be a morning. I'd already finished the night with a few beers, but I never got to that dip. So here I come, queso blanco.